Welcome back to the California Work Comp Report. Today, Dr. John Alchemy explains the concept of treatment burden in workers' compensation, a crucial responsibility for the physician in any work comp clinic. Let's hear what Dr. Alchemy has to say. Hi, everyone. Dr. John Alchemy with RateFast. Today, I'm here to talk to you about treatment burden and tracking rateable treatment milestones in workers' compensation case management. Um, treatment burden is something that doesn't really get talked about very much, but basically it's the amount of treatment that's necessary to treat or bring an injured body part to maximal medical improvement in California. And in California, as you know, once a body part reaches maximal medical improvement, meaning it's not anticipated to get better in the next year with or without additional treatment, the uh, treating doctor is required to deliver an impairment report called a PR4 report. Today, I wanted to drill down a little bit about getting to maximal medical improvement and treatment burden and what that's really about. Just think about the treatment burden as the amount of treatment or the measurement of the um, amount of treatment necessary for that injury to get to maximal medical improvement. So for instance, uh, maybe we have a back strain. Um, the individual uh, gets six visits of physical therapy, um, two prescriptions of ibuprofen, and their back pain's gone. Um, compare that to someone who has um, a fractured arm. They have to go to the emergency room. Um, they get an x-ray. They see an orthopedist. A cast is placed. Um, they follow up, um, have the cast removed at six weeks. Um, they go into physical therapy. Um, they have to have some ibuprofen, maybe a couple of Norcos um, as they go through physical therapy. And, um, and then they get to maximal medical improvement. Uh, next, there's the individual that was working at a height of 20 feet and fell through the uh, ceiling of, a, of an office below. And that individual uh, had to have their neck fused. Um, they are uh, in a hospital bed. Um, they're in a rehab facility for six to eight months. Um, they receive antibiotics for complications. Um, they have an indwelling catheter that causes them to become septic. Um, they develop bed sores. Um, and have to see plastic surgery and wound clinic. Um, they have to have multiple rounds of physical therapy, and then they become maximally medically improved. The reason I'm telling these stories and these examples is that the treatment burden is very different for each one of these cases. Um, and the issue of getting someone to maximal medical improvement is getting them treated. Now, if you've done workers' compensation from the standpoint of a provider, you know that sometimes getting treatment is very easy, but sometimes it's very difficult. And when it gets difficult, people take on different attitudes or different stances on maximal medical improvement. For example, there's a, there'll be a camp of people, a group of people that will say that if I can't get the treatment necessary to get the patient um, maximally improved, this person will never become MMI, in my opinion. And then there's a group of people that say, well, you know, um, I've tried to get the treatment. I've done the appeals. I've done all kinds of things. I can't get them any treatment. So I'm now calling them MMI. And those are just two kind of different mindsets about thinking about treatment burden and getting to MMI. Um, the reason that, that this is important is because getting cases settled and getting them settled correctly is a paramount importance. And if you don't do it right, you're only looking to prolong the case. And if you don't document it properly, you're going to um, 
set up the case for unnecessary delay and complications so forth down the road. Um, so treatment burden, something to think about. It's the amount of treatment necessary to get a case to maximal medical improvement. Now, on other pod and video casts, I've also mentioned that sometimes people incorrectly equate treatment burden with impairment values. They will think, well, this person has received a lot of treatment. I guess they deserve a lot of impairment. Um, or this person did not receive much treatment. How could their impairment be this much? And those are simply um, people who don't really understand the foundations of impairment rating or what impairment rating really is in the AMA guides. And so they kind of create these um, unfounded connections and value systems that they begin to construct for themselves that somehow connect treatment burden directly with impairment uh, rating, which could not be farther from the truth. So, so the reason I bring this up is I want you to think about treatment burden and what it is and how it can appear um, uh, falsely low, meaning that this individual, uh, maybe they just got everything denied or the doctor didn't know how to do appeals, or they didn't have an attorney. And so, you know, it just kind of got dropped. And this person doesn't appear to have uh, much treatment burden when paradoxically, they might have a much higher result in impairment report because they've only received a little amount of treatment. And that's one of the things that I try to impress on the stakeholders when we're talking about impairment reports values and outcomes is, is that if you are not going to be approving treatment, okay, we could go on and talk about the utilization review process and the efficiencies or inefficiencies of that. But the point is, if you are not going to allow adequate treatment for an injury to recover, do not be surprised if your impairment rating is more than you typically would expect because the individual is left with a much higher count of their ADL loss than someone who's undergone treatment has had successful resolution of their injury. And, and do not think that because someone has had a bunch of treatment that their impairment rating should be higher. Now, contrary to popular belief, treatment is supposed to get people better. So technically, if someone is getting adequate treatment and the proper treatment, their impairment value should be dropping. They should be getting better with range of motion, strength, functional loss around the house, um, at work. Their work restrictions should be um, loosening all of these things. So, so the main thing I want to impress is that treatment burden, it's important that you understand it. And it's also important that it's taken in context and also that it is dissociated from expectations of impairment rating. Again, someone with a small amount of treatment may have a higher than necessary impairment report because they were never treated. Likewise, someone who's received a lot of treatment may have a much lower impairment report because they've actually had the ability to improve and enjoy the benefits of treatment, medications, therapy, you know, and, and appropriate surgery, so forth. So something we don't talk about very often, treatment burden, think about it. And I'll be back next time to talk to you and this has been Dr. John Alchemy with RateFast. Thanks for listening. For more information about treatment burden, visit our blog at blog.rates-fast.com. And if you'd like to try RateFast Express Workers' Compensation Report Writing Service, visit us at rate-fast.com.
And if you have any questions or comments about our show, email us at caworkcopreport at rate-fast.com.